I am back here with Jerry Panis today, and the first topic we're going to cover is maybe. When a donor says, maybe I need to think about it, when is that a good response? When is it a bad response? How can you figure that out? So, Jerry, what are your thoughts on that? Great question. And very often, especially if you've asked for more than the donor thought, they do need to think it over. In fact, if they don't have to think it over, you may not have asked for enough. Mm -hmm. So a donor says, well, wow, Brian, that's something I need to think over. I don't know what that means, but I got to find out before I leave. Right. Well, Brian, I know you have to think it over. That's maybe more than you thought I'd be asking for. Let me just ask this. You've been a great friend of the institution. Or if they haven't been giving, I might say, I thought as we were talking, you were really interested in what we're doing in our mission. That's what I thought. You do like us. And I thought the project we were talking about, you seemed to like that. I thought so. So it's not the institution. It's not the project. And I thought... Knowing you and what you do for us annually, or what you give to others annually, that asking for $25,000 or a million or $10 or whatever it is, I thought asking you for $5,000 would be about what you normally give to other organizations. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. Well, then, is the timing off? Mm -hmm. So there are only four things it could be. Is it the institution? Is it the project? Is it the amount? Or is it the timing? And you can't leave before you find that out. There are some people who are nodding yes all the time. And what they're saying to themselves is, no way am I going to do this. So if you don't ask those questions, you run the risk of leaving and a couple days later mm. getting a note from the person, I simply can't do what you asked for. It's so interesting you're saying that because when I teach about this, I talk about program time and amount as the variables, not institution. I make an assumption, which may not be correct, that if they're sitting with me, there's some interest in the institution. Now, maybe I know that because they've been giving, though that might still not be the case, right? They could be giving for a number of reasons. So uh, it's interesting to hear you mention institution, which I think I maybe have taken for granted too much. Yeah, I don't think you can. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Or you may be one of many, but not on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I, you're asking for a top gift. True, right. It might be that they like you, but not in their top tier of yeah. institutions. This is true, too. Uh, see, every time I'm with you, I learn something, which <laughs> is one of the beauties of our talking together. And it reminds me of that story in Power Questions. When Jerry and I were last together, we were talking about his various books, and I said, I'm going to read Power Questions because I haven't read it yet. And wonderful story with someone Jerry approached for a gift who graduated from the School of Engineering, and they assumed he'd want to make a gift to that. And when they sat down, he said, no way, I don't want to make a gift to that. My passion in life is theater, and I'd sooner make a gift to the theater exactly. program at the yeah. school. 
And that was a reminder that often we might know why in general someone loves the institution mm. or has an affinity for it, but we still might not know what's going to unlock the key to the, the right gift and the biggest yeah. gift. And Brian, what's also important, not only if they say maybe, or they may say, I need to think it over. If they say, I'll let you know in a week. Now, you still don't know where you are, right? Mm -hmm. And I still ask my four magic questions. Oh, I know. We'll talk in a week. Brian, before I leave, let me just ask you. I want to make sure you really feel good about the organization and what it's doing. So I go over my four questions. Mm, you still go over them. Very it, smart. Yeah, yeah, and it's so easy to do. Yes. And if the donor says, oh, I love what you guys are doing, it just reinforces that. If the donor says, well, you wouldn't be on my top list, that tells you something also. Yes. Would you ask, how can we get to your top list? I always do. You do? Oh, I always mm. do. I ask, Brian, you've been giving us, I'll use 25000 again. You've been giving us $25,000 a year. Mm -hmm. That means so much to us. Do you give about the same amount to other organizations? Or do you? Is there one organization that stands out? Oh, ABC? How much do you give ABC? 50000 Brian, how can we get closer? Mm, wow. That? Yeah, I tell you, it's not a question. It's not an issue about knowing the right answers. It's knowing the right questions. It's, this is fascinating, Jerry, because so many things are coming to mind as you're saying that. One of them is the asking styles, which we've talked about this concept that asking matters because we're both kindred spirits, but your secondary is go-getter, which is an extroverted style. And go-getters tend to be the people who ask lots of questions and learn so much about their donors. My secondary is mission controller, so I'm a true introvert across the board which means, though I do ask a fair amount of questions, I'm a little less likely to probe with confidence like you're doing. And some of those questions you ask, I'd find challenging, but they're very important. And if I can ask them, and if people can, they're really enlightening questions. Brian, do more probing. <laughs> ask questions. One of the hideous reasons you don't get a gift is that you didn't probe and you didn't listen. Yes. yes. I tend to probe a lot on the personal side. I learn a lot about people personally. Yeah, yeah. That's so important. And I would have to say I learn a little less on the charitable giving side if I were to balance it. I mean, obviously, I've been successful. I'm not going to knock myself here and yeah. say I don't know how to run these meetings. But if I'm being objective, I think I do better on the personal side in learning about people. And that's taken me far. But that's so important. For instance, sure. for instance, I can remember one call not so long ago where I said, who is the person that's made the greatest impact in your life? Really, your dad. In what way? Mm. We talk about that. Well, have you ever thought of making a gift in honor of your dad? I mean, that doesn't take, but right. you don't have to have true. a... <laughs> true, yeah. true. Two other things. 
Uh, you mentioned the donor saying, I'll get back to you in a week. I don't know if this is your technique, but I always take that task back. I always say to the donor, exactly. why don't I call you in a week? Because I never want to be waiting for the donor who invariably will not call me in a week. Exactly. <laughs> so how do you tell me how you pose that question or make that statement and I'll tell you what I do. Well, invariably, the donor does say, may I get back to you? Because I think donors come into those meetings thinking, I'm going to be asked for an amount and I'm going to have to decide. And so they almost sometimes sheepishly say, gee, can I get back to you? I really can't decide now, which of course is fine. And we'll talk more about maybe. So invariably, they're going to say, may I get back to you in two weeks? I hear two weeks the most in two weeks. And I always say, you know what, why don't I get back to you in two weeks? Why don't I take that off your plate? Today is Friday, January 3rd. I'm going to call you on January 17th or email you or whatever form of communication you like. Oh, thank you, Brian. Thank you. No, that's great. That's great. And that's about what I do also. Something like, you know, we both are speeding bullets. We both have Mm. crazy schedules. Why don't I get back to you? It's got to be put back in your corner. Yes. On the maybe front, I've always loved maybe as an answer because it means, in many cases, I'm in the sweet spot. I've asked for something that's significant but doable because if it were really not doable, I'd almost always be told that I can't do that if it's really out of the realm. And I've always been fascinated by this quirk with fundraisers. If we ask someone for a gift, And immediately they say yes. We think, gee, that was too easy. We could have asked for more. But if they say, I have to think about it, I can't commit, then we're concerned we didn't get a gift. Which is it, right? Do you want a quick answer or a slower answer? And I actually prefer the slower answer, the maybe, because then I feel in most cases, as I said, I've gotten to that better threshold. Some donors come in prepared. They had an amount in mind maybe. And so if you hit it, Yes, that's great. That's what I had in mind. They may or may not tell you that, but uh, I think generally, if they've got to think about it, I'm in that right There's only this. There are some people who are embarrassed by saying no. Mm. They simply can't say no in person. And so that's something I need to think over. If you don't ask your four questions, you'll never know. You won't know. Do you think even when you answer the four We've both experienced it, I'm sure, where even asking all those questions and feeling sure we're on the right path, we then don't get a gift. No. That there are still those people who aren't going to say no, no, which you mentioned, and I think that's really true. Now, Brian, I think I would ask your listeners to work on how they ask questions. Brian, what's the largest gift you've ever made to an organization? I would never say do that. Brian, tell me, what's the largest gift you've ever made to an organization? And when you get the answer to that, and that's a great question, I ask that often. Or I also ask, what gift has given you the greatest fulfillment? Mm. What's made you feel the very best? I had an interesting one in San Antonio. The major donor in that community is a man who owns an engineering company. Oh, he's a toughie, but he does give. He loves to give. And I asked, what's the largest gift you've ever made? And I asked, what gift has given you the greatest fulfillment? 
and he paused. And instead of some of these gifts of $5 million and more, he mentioned helping a Mexican family. And tears came to mm. his eyes. Imagine that. And that gave him the greatest fulfillment. Now, that's something to work on. It is. So I'm going to turn the tables a little bit to end this discussion. And I'm going to ask you, Jerry, what gift has given you the greatest fulfillment in your life? And then I'll answer it as well, because I was thinking about it as you were talking. You know, nobody has ever asked me that question. Hey, look, I, we were talking about that earlier offline yeah. about questions no one's ever yeah. asked you, right? What yeah. gift has given you the most fulfillment? And it led to a principle that I have. How soon can you call on the spouse mm. when the other has just passed away? Mm. Do you wait? I've had some institutions say, well... We'll wait about six months or 12 months. And the problem is a person feels the most likely to give as soon as possible after the death. Now, I don't know if you're saying that relates to your the gift you made because it relates to mine. So I'm really curious to hear yours and then I'll tell you mine. Yeah. When my father passed away, I was so driven to do something, to express what I never told him. And Felicity and I named a um, fairly good-sized room uh, for the uh, American College of Greece, Mm. and of course in his name. That leads to another. Did you notice on the door you just used that there's a plaque? I didn't. I'm going to have to look. That institution did something that was really naughty. And I asked for the plaque back. Have you ever heard of such a terrible thing? I asked for the plaque back. Why? Because it meant more to me than it did to them. Mm. And and there's more to it than that. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I, I do believe... It's all right for me to say, Sam, you and Ida were so close, and now she's gone. I want to come back and talk with you about a gift that honors her. When would be a good time to come back? Oh, I've got all these things to settle. I don't know where I'm going. I don't have time. Uh... Oh, maybe in a year. That's one thing. Mm. The other is, they may say, well, do you have something in mind? We had an interesting thing happen in Scottsdale. Um, The donor was Mr. Scottsdale Hospital. He loved that hospital. Loved it. So the question was, when he died unexpectedly, how soon could we go to Diane? Oh, we better wait a a certain amount of time. Well, the museum in town didn't wait. Mm. They went to her right away. Within a few days. They got her gift in the beginning ever since. 
So I have, this is so almost eerie, Jerry, because the, 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 the most significant gift I ever made, the most important to me, was right after my father died. Hmm. I can't believe it. This is 25 years ago, 1993. At the time, I was working for my alma mater, Brandeis, in the Midwest. And I was working in particular with the head of the, at the time, Women's Studies program. And my father was, I felt, a feminist, an early feminist. And so I just called the head of the program. I said, I have a question for you. What, what is it you need most in the program today? She said, you know, we could really use a grant for an undergraduate to do research for their undergraduate thesis. I said, well, and how much would that cost? She said, well, that would be $10,000. And then we could give out $500 a year. I said, I'm going to do that. I didn't have $10,000. I was very early in my career. But I figured I will raise it somehow. And I did. We just gave out the 25th award this spring. Oh, wow. 25 students now have gotten money to do their research, which they wouldn't have otherwise had. So that's, so I'm just blown away that you and I both did something in memory of our fathers. I didn't realize when I asked that question, it would be so, um, so profound. Anyway, I have a question for you. Yes. Based on that, should the fundraiser be a donor? Ah, let's, Let's table that for a whole discussion on fundraisers and donors. And let's have a whole discussion on that because I think that's going to open a whole bunch of other questions for us. So let's do a part two on that. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot, Jerry.